we got we got here. I thought we was going to be late. My wife, uh, we, she had to have a cup of coffee, and uh, I felt I felt sorry for her. So we got off somewhere in Toledo on the wrong side of a, an accident somewhere. And when we got back on, uh, we got in this traffic. And when we finally got through it, we were going to be late. It, it had us like four or five minutes after seven, something like that. And uh, she started driving like a maniac. And uh, she, she pulled, I mean, here I am, I'm jumping through the back of it. And I had a regular pullover shirt on. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Jim White. And I've heard some of his stories. I'm like, I couldn't just not believe some of the things he said. I'm starting to believe some of the things he said of the way things happen in the ministry. You never think about it. So I'm climbing from the front of the van all the way to the back of the van to get my shirt on and get a tie on and everything else. I'm figuring she's going to hit the brakes and throw me through the windshield or something. And uh, get everything done, and we pull up, and I'm like, man, that is cool. We're here right on time. And uh, then, then uh, I was thinking about it as the church gone, as many people is here. It is a blessing. I want you all to know it is a blessing uh, to work with young people. And I don't mind sitting in the background at all. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, you guys are the next generation. You're it. You're, tag, you're it. I, I wish there was some other way to do it, but to me, I think, I think we older people should invest in the younger ones as much as you possibly can. Uh, I don't, I don't, I want to say that and say I don't negate the elderly people either. I haven't, right now, we got an apartment in our church right now. Y'all pray for a guy named Joe Harris. He just had a triple bypass surgery. He's up in our apartment. We're going to take care of him for a couple months until he can get back on his feet. So I don't, we don't negate the older people, but there is such a need for you young people to get a hold of Jesus Christ. Uh, like they're singing that song about the eye of the storm. That storm could go rage all around you, but you get in the middle of that thing, it's just perfect calm. He says, be still and know that I am God. In a, in a trial, in a tribulation, and this year we've been through the whole, a whole bunch of stuff that the young people have, uh, the camp has, uh, churches has, everybody has. It's the strangest thing in the whole wide world. But you gotta, it's a sense of humor. You've got to keep some humor going through it. You have to. Uh, this week we just had a revival. Brother uh, Jared Pilkington preached for us. And uh, so we, Beth was going to get him a hotel room. I said, I'll get it, man. I'll get the thing. So I go out online. I'm finding it. And I find this one. It's a kitchen, man. It's got a kitchenette. got everything in it. I'm like, yes, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I said, this is good. It's a, it's a reasonable price. I mean, it's still about like what everybody else is. I'm going to say this before Brother Jared gets an opportunity to say anything. But anyways, we go there, and we, as soon as we go in to check in, I'm like, something ain't right about this place. It's kind of weird. It looks like you're run, running into a jail cell. I mean, it's the way the bar, it's like the, almost like it's a prison that you're checking into. So we go in, and he goes in the room 313, and, and it's kind of a, a messed up thing a little bit. And, but it's got a kitchen, kitchen and everything. And I said, hey, brother, well, let's go get you another hotel. He goes, no, no, brother, let's stay here. Come to find out as the week went on, people lived there for years at a time. I don't know why they do that. Uh, but it doesn't. But he's sitting there the whole week. He's got more stories than you can shake. They put, they put welcome mats in front of their rooms. I'm like, wait a second, man. This, this is going way, way beyond the typical hotel. And that whole week, bro, if you let, what I was trying to say, if you let something hinder you from serving Jesus Christ, you, oh, something will always pop up. Brother Jared never let that hinder him a bit. I would have taken him to another hotel room. No problem at all. He said, no, brother, I'm going to stay right here. I gave him church credit card. He went and got everything he needed, all supplies to get him through the week. Uh, he started meeting the neighbors. I mean, it was like, it was like family, man. I mean, uh, one guy was there. They said one person was there nine years. Another person had been there three years. Uh, most people are there for who knows how long. I'm like, what kind of place is this? Jared says, it's like my trailer park I used to live in. <laughs> 
you know what I, I mean? And he preached one of the best revivals that we've ever had at our church. Uh, and you say, what is that? That's a guy who let trials and some things in their life come in and just push them off to the side. They really, those things, they matter, but they really don't. Take your Bible. Go to, I'm going to read one verse in Proverbs. And then take your finger, go over to, uh, I, want, I got one in uh, Psalms too. I got I to read a Psalms. And uh, then I'm going to preach a little message here. Go to, go to Psalms first. Psalms uh, 27. David is, is a man, when you start looking at him and going through his life, uh, it's an amazing thing. And David was always in, in tribulation. He's always in troubles, but he always, he always did the right thing. And he, he's either going in something, coming out of something, whatever it was. But in the process of all that, he kept the Lord in, in his life all the way through. It says, uh, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What a great way to uh, start that off. Uh, the Lord is, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my, up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though, an ho- though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Uh, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord... That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Boy, I love, I love reading David's Psalms. Uh, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire at his temple. Uh, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Take over the, uh, Proverbs chapter 29. I'll read a verse there, and then I want to just say a couple things, and then we're going to go back to Psalms first. And I, I tell you what, brother, it's a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to preach. Uh, I don't want y'all to ever think it's not. It's just that sometimes I like to listen to young people preach. Uh, I like to give them the opportunity. Uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit more. Psalms, or Proverbs 29, uh, verse, verse uh, tw- 18. Simple verse here. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But a lot of people forget that next section right there. It says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for everybody. A lot of people came a long way, Lord, to be here tonight. I just pray that you give them a blessing. Lord, it is a blessing. The song service was already a blessing, Father. Uh, just to be able to hear uh, people lift up uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and uh, Lord, I could just sit here and listen to singing all night long. Uh, be part of it, Lord. But the preaching is also part of it, Lord. I just pray that you'd put your hand upon this message, that you'd use it. That you'd comfort the hearts, Lord, that you'd give us a vision that each and every one of us could have, uh, Lord, to get us through uh, this life. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I get into the, the, the preaching, go to the book of Daniel. Daniel. Daniel's an interesting character, and I was thinking about a, a, a man that I could illustrate this with, and Daniel was probably the one. If you've been through any kind of trials or tribulations or trouble in your life, Daniel, Job, I mean, there's some men in the Bible, Moses, all of them, they all got issues going on. And they keep, they keep living, and they never stop. Life goes on. I got a little note here, and it's, it's an old saying. Everybody's heard it. One, only one life uh, will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Life goes by quick. It don't wait. It don't wait. It just does not wait. And when doors open up and doors shut, if you waste time and you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, you're not going to see that door open and shut. And the Lord's going to open something and say, go through this thing. And if you don't, he's going to shut that door. I'm telling you, don't waste time. 
Time is one of these things that it just flees. Uh, you'll never get a second. Once a second has passed, I heard a man say that one time. He said, you can never, the most valuable thing in your life is a second. You cannot buy it back. You never can. You never get it back. I'm thinking, Lord, this thing is going to go quick. Uh, Daniel is a young man. In chapter 1 there, uh, it says in the third year, verse 1, in the third year of the reign of, of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. And everybody's heard this passage through. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, uh, uh, came, let's see, came Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And he did. Jeremiah, for a long, long time back there, had been prophesying and said, Hey, give yourselves up. Give yourselves up. Give yourselves up. He'll come in here to take you off. He won't destroy the place. Give yourselves up. Uh, only by pride cometh contention. And brethren, the, the hardest thing you'll ever do is, is say, Okay, okay, there's, there's trouble coming. And I'm just going to curl up next to Jesus Christ and let him have it. And whatever happens, that's what's going to happen. And when it happens, I'm, I know he's got me in the eye of the storm. He's got me right there. And he's going to take care of me. And he's going to get me through whatever I'm going to go through. And I'll tell you what, 65 years, I'll, I'll be 65 in November. Uh, I got to see a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot of bad stuff. Uh, you know what I realized over 65 years? You can't stop. There's no stopping. Dr. Ronald preached a message. No discharge in that war. Death is, is the only way you're going to get out of here. Uh, there is no discharge. You're going to die one day. I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die. But until then, i got a life to live, and I want to live that thing, man. I don't want to waste one moment of that thing, one bit. I want to make sure, I'm, I'm one of these people, I, I did this test one time in the Navy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not one of these people that like to take chances if I don't have to. If i got to, I will, in a heartbeat. Uh, but she brought me into this room, put this thing down through there, and she said, They'd run everybody else out of the room and brought us in one at a time. It was like a bowling alley, but it was graduated down through there with a peg at the end. And she gave me five rings, and she said, here's the goal. And we, they wanted you to take a chance. I'm telling you, my brother, you don't have to take a chance. If you don't have to, why would anybody? Just, that, that's the way my mind thinks. It just doesn't make no sense. So I'm sitting there going, so I said, the, the purpose, the purpose is to take these five rings and get them on that peg. She said, yes. I said, you want me to get them on that peg? She goes, that peg down there. I said, okay. And I can stand anywhere I want to stand. She goes, yeah. I said, okay, that's no problem. So I start walking down through there. And I get to the last graduation. And I'm six foot three, so I just reach over like that. And I drop all five on them. And she called me everything but human. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought the goal was to get the five. She goes, no, the goal was to take a chance. So you should have stood back here. She said, you're a coward. You won't take a chance. I said, ma'am. I work on multi-million dollar, billion dollar systems. I said, I am not going to blow something up that I don't need to blow up. If I got to blow it up, I'll blow it up. I said, but if it ain't got to be blown up, I ain't going to blow it up until it needs to be blown up. I said, what is your problem? And, she, and you know what's wrong with everybody? Everybody's taking chances that they don't need to take. You know, you don't have to take a chance with Jesus Christ. I always like that. Here's Daniel. Daniel's sitting here, and Jeremiah is over here saying, and, and these people saying, oh, no, we're Jews. We've never been under captivity. We're not going to go under captivity. Oh, yes, you are. Do you know bad things happen to good people? It just does. And, and in the nation of Israel was a lot of good people, but there was some wickedness that went on that God said is going to be judged. And some, just because, it, man, I was in the wrong place, right? I had a policeman lock me up one time, and he followed me for miles. And then he pulls me over. I pull in the yard. I'm thinking, if I get in this guy's yard, I'll be okay. But he follows me into that yard. And, and he goes, son, I'm sorry. I said, what's up, sir? He goes, I was told to come out here and lock everybody up on this property and that property. And you're on that property now. 
I'm like, but you've seen, he said, I've seen you pull in. He goes, but it doesn't matter. The, the, the thing said, lock everybody up. And he locked me up. He goes, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm like, rats, man. He let me go. The next morning, they let me out of jail. I was okay, but you know what? I still had to pay a fine. You say, what is it? You're in the wrong place. The, the thing to do is not be in the wrong place if you don't have to be. Daniel had no choice. He was a young man. They say, they say he was a child of, a, of royalty of some sort in there somewhere. He was up in the echelon up here where the wealth was, where the people was. And, and when he got brought into uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar said, I, have, I, want, I want you to get me some of the people out of all the different groups out here. And I want to use them. They have to be able to stand before the king. I want them to be able to stand before me and do what I need done. And I need them. And they're trained. You know... What I'm trying to do, young people, say this. You need, number one, to get trained. You need to, you need to have... Let me ask you a question. I'll start this thing out. What is your vision? All, all the young people in here, stop just thinking. What is your vision for life? Man, at 12 years old, you know what I wanted to be? A sailor. Now, if you didn't know that, I was in the Navy at one time. I wanted to be a sailor at 12, maybe at 10. I don't know, 10, 11, 12. I watched too many movies. I don't know what I did. I don't know what made me do that. You say, well, was God in that? Yeah, I think he was, but I didn't know it. It was just something in my heart. I said, hey, you know what God does? He uses, he uses people that are doing something. You know what's wrong with us today? Nobody's doing nothing. Right. We sit in a basement and we play games. Or we sit on that stupid phone and we do this stuff. I, I, I can't believe it, man. You watch. I don't know how anybody could even eat. They order their food off of this thing. My daughters do. I'm like, that's the farthest thing. From, Uber. Now, Uber's pretty cool. I, I used Uber once to get someplace, but, but it's like a taxi cab to me. But to bring me food? I'm like, I, I thought, I thought you know, the restaurants were there for you to go to the restaurant and sit down and eat. Or go at the drive-thru. They don't even want you to go to the drive-thru. Just put it on Uber. They'll bring it to your house. And then they make five or ten bucks on you. I'm like, and my kids think that's a good deal. I'm like, give me five or six bucks. I'll go get it for you. They don't think that's a good deal unless I'm buying it too and then giving it to them using my gas. My daughter, my daughter, I got a daughter that I don't think she'll ever leave my house because why should she? It's too easy for her. Uh, she got another job and she got another job. And finally she went back to the original job that I told her she should have kept to start with. And when she got the other job, she said, Dad, I got to tell you that, uh, and this was after she already got the job pretty much. She said, I got, I'm going back to this other job. I said, I said, why are you telling me that now? Because she says, I was afraid you was going to say, I told you so. That's what dads do. I told you so. <laughs> Young people, you know what you need to do? You need to have a vision. You know, I had that vision, and I didn't think I could do it because I messed my hand up. And lo and behold, I tried three times, and I still couldn't do it. It, it was a desire in my heart to do something. I wanted to do something, and I just wanted to be something more than just somebody who's just sitting around doing nothing all day long. I don't like doing nothing. And the Lord opened a door for me, even when I was lost, to have that, that little desire in my heart to go do something. I, I think a man should be a man. I think you ought to go out and smash your fingers every now and then. Not on purpose, that hurts. But, I, I mean, when, when, when you pick up a shovel, I had my hand operated on, and, and the doctor, when he cut through all the blisters and, and the, uh, the heavy skin, he goes, he said, son, what do you do? I'm like, what do you mean what I do? I was only 16 years old when I got my finger operated. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I have never seen a kid with that many calluses on his hand. I said, you never met my dad. <laughs> I said, my dad thinks that you should have a shovel in your hand with no gloves. Gloves waste time. Build calluses up and your hands are like a glove. 
You don't have to worry about it. After the blood and everything comes out, you just start shoveling and you're down a ditch. Who needs a glove anymore? Saves money, man. My dad was very frugal. He taught me a lot of stuff that I never thought he taught me till years down the road. You know what's wrong with a lot of the young people? They lo- I love you guys, man. I'm investing. I'm invested in young people. I'm telling you, I'm invested in you guys. I will give every dime I got to help you out. I used to be in the Navy, if you didn't know. <laughs> I said that again. I would go on a ship for three years. Some of them suckers, man, they'd go out there for seven, eight years at a time. I'm like, I don't know how they did that. But every three years, I changed commands. And when you first got on a command, it's like, man, I got three years out there. And then all of a sudden, uh, you'd get down two years, go by, year go by, two years go by, and you'd get down a year, two years and six months, and you only got six months left, and your mind starts changing because you know you're getting ready to leave. And, and you're going to leave right on time. And then you get down to three months, two months. That last 30 days, you are useless. I would, I would become useless in that last 30. I mean, what in the world is left to do? I, there's nothing I can do. You turn it over to them. Well, like he said a few minutes ago, I'm 65 years old. Uh, if I live another 20 years, it's 85, I've, I'm going to live a whole lot less than I ever lived before. It's not that I'm useless. It's just I'm ready to go. I'm really ready to go. I, I don't, I don't, there, I don't want to go certain ways. There is a, I just like to poof, drop over dead, and that's it. You're gone, man. You're in heaven. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's what I want to do. But I'm realizing that, hey, my time is coming up. You know what it is? It's your turn. You guys now have the opportunity to do something. Don't you want to do something great? I mean, really, honestly, don't you want to do... This isn't a name and claim it thing. I'm telling you, don't... Isn't there something inside of you? Uh, I was talking to Brother Pilkington, and he likes hunting. I never hunt. I got deer all over my backyard. I mean, I can go in my backyard pretty much any time. I can sit back there, and, and there'll be deer running around my backyard. And a guy gave me a gun the other day. He gave me a, a, a nice gun. And uh, I can sit up in the back up there and shoot deer in my backyard all day long and have all the deer. Why? I can go to Kroger's and get hamburger all day long. Why, why do I need to go... Why do I need to kill a deer Bambi in my backyard? I could do it. I don't have a problem. But you know there's nothing wrong with that. What you, a, a man, a boy should do boy things. You should be a man. You should learn how to be a man. You know how you learn how to be a man? You do something that you get confident in, and God starts looking at that, and he starts blessing that thing, and pretty soon he'll turn that thing around, and he'll turn it and use it for him. He never uses somebody that's not doing anything. Now I'm talking about Daniel. Daniel, Daniel is in Israel and, and Nebuchadnezzar comes in and he takes him out, brings him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. And they bring these three little boys up there. They're 15, 16, 17 years old, however old they are. I'm not sure. They bring them in here. They could have been very bitter. Something bad just happened to them. They, they were taken from their home and brought into another kingdom altogether. Now they're being asked... To serve under a new king. You know what these boys do? They do it. And they do it very well. That verse I read over there, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know what Daniel had? He had a vision, and Shadrach Meshach had a, had a vision that we would do well to get. Because it says right there, he says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. All four of those boys knew, knew of God. All four of those boys had been raised, and I'll say that just for sake of where we're at, in church. They were raised under men like Jeremiah, men that knew the Bible, men that knew the old Hebrew Old Testament. And these boys were trained. They weren't just, they weren't just people that uh, were stuck in a place all of a sudden. They were educated. They spent their time. You know, I'll tell you this. 
You will never get a job playing Nintendo. They don't exist. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, I can create a game. Have you ever tried to create a game? It takes a lot of brain power to create a game. You have to understand programming and the whole stuff. So there's a whole slew of stuff that needs to be done in the background for you to even create that game. A game that's going to be selling to make some money. It's going to take a lot of, a lot of effort. In. A lot of people think, well, I can do this. You know the best thing you do is go out and get a job. I worked at McDonald's one time. You say, why, why are you saying that? I worked at McDonald's for about six weeks. They were getting ready to fire me. And I was getting ready to quit. And somewhere, somewhere in there, we, we reached an agreement. And I no longer worked at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm like, after six weeks, I elevated to grill man. So I, this big bus, what really got me is this big bus came in with these kids from school. And I was fl- flipping burgers, man, over there. And that's the best you're going to do. I mean, you're, you're, you just reached your pinnacle of McDonald's business. I'm like, this is it, six weeks, I'm out of here, man. There's got to be something better for me. There's got to be something. I went out and hung insulation. My dad was a master plumber. I learned, I learned that. I learned how to hang insulation. I went into steel fabricators, American air filters. I used a spot welder welding air filters together. I did that for eight hours a day. Then I went to another job eight hours a day at a steel plant running big machines. At the end of all that, I went in the Navy. I kept looking for that thing that I wanted. I wanted to be in the Navy. And I was driving down the road one day, and the Lord opened the door and said, go over there. I didn't even know it was him. He said, go over there and join the Navy, right? That means there was a voice in my head that said, go do that thing. You know that's where Daniel's at, Daniel Shadrach. Maybe. They, they got an opportunity to do something. I could see them boys doing the exact same thing. Okay, man, we got kicked out of our country. They didn't even understand Jeremiah's 70th week prophecy yet. They didn't even know that yet. Daniel gets that later on. Daniel comes in there and says, hey... Okay, we'll do this, man. And he does it with the right attitude. But Daniel's already got some abilities beyond the normal kid out there or the normal young person out there. He's not a guy out there just working as a servant somewhere. Daniel has been trained. We're in America. Guys, you got the greatest opportunity for a training that you've ever seen in your life. My question is, is what is your future? You want a wife? I'm going to talk to the boys right now. You want a wife? What are you going to do when you get her? What are you going to do? You think she's just going to come there and sit down and look at you and say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) That's going to last for about 15 minutes. (laughs) Then she's going to expect you to have a place for her to live. She's going to expect you to have a car that she can go. She's going to expect you. You know when a woman has a baby, she actually expects you to be there with her to care for that? Do you understand that? we We just think this is the things I want, man. I want these things. I want these things. How are you going to pay for those things? I'm trying to encourage you. You know what? we got young people. Guess what? You guys are going to be church members, the next church members. You know what's wrong with a lot of churches? They lose their young people. I don't think we should lose a single one. I don't, I'm like, I'm win, 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 win. I want to win. I don't like to lose. I've never liked to lose. I'm going to figure out a way to win. And I don't care if I have to cheat. I'm going to win. I'll cheat in Jesus' name. But I, I'm telling you, my motive is to win. When I see young people, I'll do everything in the world. And when I, I, I had to ask somebody to leave the church here recently, and I'm not done with them yet. I still want to see them change. And I'm still praying that they change. And I may not be the one to be able to help them. Somebody else may be able to help them. But I'm willing to step back and let somebody else have a shot at them. 
You know, Daniel comes into this thing and the king says, hey, I want him to do this. Number one, Daniel, he eats, he, he would not. Daniel had this side of him over here where that last part of that verse says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I'm going to tell you how to serve God and do everything you want to do in life. It's simple. It is simple. I did it. I'm 65 years old. I did it. I'm telling you. I got to do anything I wanted. I tell the Lord, you're talking to the biggest spoiled, rotten kid you've ever seen in your life. You're looking at him right here. I had people tell me, you, there's no way you could have done what you said you do. I can prove it. You know what the Lord did? He's opened door after door after door. And I was just stupid enough to walk through them. I mean, first of all, I, I thank him. I even thank him on the way up here. I was reading my Psalms on the way up here, and, and Beth was driving, and I was going, blessed be the name of the Lord, and praise the name of the Lord. And I'm sitting here thinking of all the things he's done for me in my life, and I'm like, Lord, you did every single one of them. I didn't do a single one of them. Not a one. Not a one. I said, you opened the door, and somehow you opened my little eyeballs up that I could see that thing, and I went and did it. You know what Daniel did? He sees an opportunity here. Okay, I'm in captivity. It's a bad thing. Has anything ever bad happened to you? Where there is no vision, the people perish. That thing can destroy you if you let it. You can't let it. Okay, something bad happened. How can I make, you, you gotta, somebody said something about a lemon one time, you squeeze it, what do you do with a lemon? You squeeze it, make lemonade, man. You add some sugar to it, stevia. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning this thing about losing weight too. There's a lot of stuff, if you get stuff, you gotta lose it. Don't ever lose it again. Don't ever get it so you have to lose it. But, but if you, if you, you know what you do with a lemon? You squeeze it and make lemonade. You find something good about every situation that you can and move on with it. Daniel did that. But the, guy, the king came up and said, okay, let's feed them. And he was a nice king. And he said, hey, feed these kids all this wine and all this other stuff and, and uh, steakhouse stuff and all this, make it big and fat and all these. And no, no, no. Daniel knew what he was supposed to do. He was already trained in what he should do. And he never let God get out of his sight. You know what I learned when I read my Bible? This is, I, I, this is, these are my examples. This is what made me survive 65 years, or for the last 43. This is it, right here, stuff like this. I'm sitting here looking, I said, man, this guy over in verse 8 says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. He gets in his heart, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm not going to do that. He said, if, if I have to do that to get that, I don't want that, and I'm just not going to do that. But he wasn't such an arrogant person. His pride did, he went up and said, hey, look, let's, let's do a test here. Let us be Shadrach, be Shadrach, be Let us eat the pulse and drink water for 10 days. I wish I knew what pulse was. I've heard a lot of people tell me what pulse is, but I'm not sure. But it looked pretty good because these guys, 10 days later, they look better than the other ones. And the guy said, go for it, man. That's cool. I just don't want you to go before the king and get me in trouble. But if what you can do is going to make you better, then that's what you, you know what Daniel was doing? He's trying to be better. In a bad situation, he's trying to be better. Have you ever got into a bad situation and, and like, oh, oh, I just want to take it out on them? Have you ever thought that just for a moment that maybe the Lord put you in that situation? Jeremiah did prophesy that that was going to happen. That was the Lord's will that that happened. Daniel didn't know that. He was just in the situation. A bad one. You know what he does? He does exactly that. He does what he's supposed to do. 180 says, I am not going to do that. He didn't have to do that. Then you go over to uh, 411, 411 real quick, and it's, I'm just a couple things here, and then I'm going to hit the message, and I'm going to be done. We'll be out of here. 411, Daniel is sitting here, and Nebuchadnezzar has a, has a dream about a tree. And number one, he, Daniel would not eat of the food. Number two, he never changed the Word of God. He never changed what he knew. I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. 
No doubt in my mind. I believe that book is it. If I have any, do I know everything about it? No, I wish I did. Uh, do I envy those who do? I, oh, Dr. Ruttman always blew me out of the water. I mean, I'd sit there and watch that guy. Uh, and I'm telling you, I've watched him chalk talk, and he just, I've seen people chalk talk, not like that. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a bunch of them. They'll do half the drawing first. And that's okay, that's okay. I, I'm not knocking them or anything, but Dr. Ruttman never did that. I mean, he would start with a blank sheet of paper, and he would start talking to you like I'm talking to you. And then while he's talking, and then he's doing this, and he turns around and does this, and he does this, and does this, and does this, and does this. And the next thing you know, you got a full-color picture up here in 45 minutes, and you knew exactly what he was saying. I'm like, I like that, man. I like following guys like that. Daniel, Daniel was sitting here, and Nebuchadnezzar had this dream about this tree, and Daniel came in and never changed. What I love about Dr. Roman, he never changed anything. One time we had some problems down there, and he goes, uh, and he brought in a class, and he was sitting in front of the class, and he says, I guess you guys all think that I don't know really what's going on. Everybody thought Doc didn't know what was going on. And he starts talking about the scenario going on. And he said, that scared me for a minute. You know what that would sound like? That sounded like Jerry over there ringing the little dinghy bell. <laughs> Guy in my church rings the little dinghy bell, and he tries to get me to quit, and it, don't work. it doesn't work. But uh, he, when I, that's when I go over my Sunday school class. But, but uh, Doc said, he said this, he goes, are they still coming to church? Yes. Has my preaching ever changed? And I, in my heart I said, no, it hasn't, man. I said, you know, there's people sometimes in church that need help. And there's people in church that are different places than somebody else. And, and here is Nebuchadnezzar, got all these people coming in, and nobody can tell him anything. And Daniel comes in, and most people say, oh, I don't want to tell the king. Oh, he'll get mad. Man. Oh, uh, we'll be in trouble. King says, Daniel, what is it? He goes, he said, I'm astonished for an hour. Daniel just steps back, and, he, and he, he started loving the king. You could tell he had feelings for the king. The king had feelings for Daniel. Daniel's in captivity. Bad things happened to Daniel. Put him in captivity. All the way from, from Jerusalem over there, I bet you it wasn't the most pleasant. He probably didn't have some uh, limousine taking him from Jerusalem to Babylon. He was probably walking the whole way. And then he gets trained in this group of people, and now he's coming up. He could, he could have a bad attitude. He never let that happen to him. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Him and those four boys got together, and they just never got that attitude. But what they did is they kept God. You know the number one thing you got to do? you got to get the Lord in your life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If you do not understand, and I'm going to get into Psalms in just a second. I'm going to run through it, and I'll be done. If you do not understand how to get the answer from God, you're going to make a mistake. And I don't like to lose. And I learned a long time ago, I don't like to lose. I don't want to lose. And this realm that I'm in is not mine. It's his. It's his. It's always been his. It always will be his. And if I do stuff, and I've done stuff, that I've, done, I've done stuff that I wish I had not done. Thank God he has mercy and grace and kindness, and he loves me enough to open my eyes and say, hey, moron, get back on. Get on track here. You know what Daniel had? He had a vision. He had a vision of his God. He knew what his God was. He goes up in Nebuchadnezzar and says, that tree is you. And you're going to open your trap, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. You know, somebody could tell you. That's why I love that book. That book tells me all the time, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And sure enough, I get myself in trouble. I'm like, why didn't I listen? He goes, because you're an idiot. I'm like, yes, you're right. I'm an idiot. 
He goes, okay, let's get up. A righteous man falls seven times, but get, you get back up. You get back, get back up. Let's go. Dust it off. Let's go. Let's go. And you know what? After a period of time, 43 years, you start, this thing starts going like this. And pretty soon you're just like, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. You always be, you should be apt to teach. You always should be ready. I think you should all be. Brother Reagan asked me if I would preach. My gut feeling was no. But what came out of my mouth was yes. Why? Because that's what's supposed to come out of my mouth. The other thing is just the flesh. The right thing to do is exactly what he asked to do. You know what that is? That's God. You got to get God into the place where in your life so you can make those decisions. Now, I want you to have a vision. You should have something. Young people, there should be something in your life that you're looking forward to doing. You may may say, well, it's not in the Bible. It may not be. Going to the Navy really wasn't there either. Well, I don't know. They either go down to sea in ships. Uh, I can find a couple verses for me. But, but, but I'm telling you, it says also you're, you're running around like a drunkard and all that stuff. That's true too. Uh, but I, you know what the Lord did is he used that in my life. And out there a little ways, 14 years into that thing, he said, Mike, it's time for you now to go this way. I'm done with this. this you have been trained what you need right here. You've been trained. You understand. You, you can gain nothing more uh, going forward. Other than, other than just sitting there, my wife gave me a, a napkin, a, a handy, you gave me something. Beth, is it back there? Hey, I'll tell you what I'll do. Surely there's a tissue here somewhere. There's water. Other side. Other side. There's candy. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always check the pulpit out, man. You never know what's going to be there. <laughs> Forget the water, man. I mean, there's, there's like, there's 20 pounds down there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's like, it's like, y'all have Halloween here or something, man? What is that? <laughs> I, don't, if, I hope I didn't mess up your stash there, brother. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel is sitting here and he goes up to the king. He says, king, you're going to say the wrong thing. The best thing you do is shut your mouth. I'm paraphrasing a lot of stuff. He says, best thing you do is shut your mouth. And, and here's Daniel still going through this whole prophet, the prophecy and all the other stuff he's telling me. And 12 months later, Nebuchadnezzar says what he does. And he goes down and eats grass for seven years. And I don't know about you, but eating grass for seven. I like losing weight, but not quite like that. Uh, I, I will go with the noodles and the other stuff. And, the, uh, and I'll even do the stevia and the keto. I'll try all that stuff to lose. But the grass thing for seven years, I don't want to do that. But you know, sometimes we, God warns us. And, and some of us, we don't even know what he said because we never went in here to find the answer. There, there, you, the vision, there's nothing wrong. I thought I should go in the Navy. I think the Lord used that in my life to move me in that direction. How are you going to survive in this world? I'm 65 years old. I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm surviving. Somebody comes up and says, hey, we want to give you a raise. I don't need a raise, man. I'm, I've, I've walked up to my bosses before and told them at companies I work for and said, look, they said, Mike, we're going to give you a raise. Ah, take some money back. They look at me like, are you sick or what? I'm like, oh, you paid me too much anyways. I said, I'm having fun. I've always had fun. I think you should have fun at everything you do. And when you lose the, the point where you're losing and it's no longer fun, I'm not saying hard, I'm saying fun, then maybe you ought to think about you're not doing quite the right thing. I think serving Jesus Christ is one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. While I was in the Navy, I've never put Jesus off to the side. Never, ever, never. I didn't always do what he told me to do, and it cost me a couple times. But I never, he was right there with me the whole time, 14 years I was in the Navy. All the time. Every decision I made, 
if I was wrong, he always told me, you blew it, you moron. He told me what, not what to do one time, and I did it. I tried to compromise. You can't compromise with God. I don't know about if you understand that or not. If he says no, don't do it, or the lion's going to eat you. Now, if you know that story, the young prophet was supposed to go prophesy and go away. Another old prophet comes to say, hey, I'm an old prophet too. Let me talk to you for a little bit. I got better sermons. I got this. I got, I got a place. That I heard Brother, Brother Pilkey didn't say this, but I, I mean, I believe the exact same thing. He goes, I've got this back here. I got this. Come follow me. And the young guy listened to him. God told him exactly what to do. You know what you want to do? You want to get to the place where God tells you exactly what to do. Exactly. Exactly. And when he tells you what to do, life gets you through a whole place. And that's why we, you know why we do youth camp? To get you guys in there so we can brainwash you. I'm being honest with you. We, I love you so much, I'm trying to brainwash you. I want to get more of this in you before the world gets stuff in you so that God can get a hold of you and you guys can be the next group of Christians that walk this planet and win souls for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's where the fun is. I'm telling you, there is no fun anywhere else. I like people getting upset at me when I hand them a gospel tract. I, I, like, I like people who, who say, that isn't the word of God. I'm like, how do you know? Prove it. You can't. They asked me to prove it. I can't either. I just know it is. He proved it to me, but I said, guess what? He can prove it to you. If you spend the time in this book, that's what Daniel did. Now, Daniel's sitting over here as a young man comes in, and okay, he doesn't eat the food. And then as he goes down there, God gives him a gift of doing stuff. And, and as you're serving Jesus Christ, guess what? Each and every one of us has a different thing he's going to let you do. I can fix stuff. People look at me and say, how do you fix it? I've fixed stuff before and didn't even know what I did when I did it. I had to come back and, and I had an old senior. She pulled me back in one day and said, how? What did you do? I can't sleep. I'm like, it's working, ain't it? Leave me alone. I'm sleeping. Two o'clock in the morning. Leave me alone. Uh, and he goes, no, no, you get back up here. He's my senior. She got to go up. He goes, what did you do? And when I looked back at what I did, all of a sudden I got the rest of the answer of what I did. I didn't even care what I did. I just want you to leave me alone. That's all I want. I want to go sleep down there for my eight hours. That's what I want. Uh, are you happy? Yes. Is that enough? No. We now want to know why you made us happy. I've watched God do stuff like that in my life, and I know he does that in other people's lives too. I've heard preachers and, and other Christians tell stories about what God has done for them. You know what it is? Over a period of time, they start watching. Daniel had a gift here. He could, he could interpret dreams very well. And the Lord just gave him that ability. And so Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. He tells him what it is. He said, it's going to be bad for you. The next one, the next one, uh, Belteshazzar comes up. And he's playing around with God stuff. And Daniel's over there doing something. He's, get, he's aged now. He's starting to get up in age. And he, he's, oh, let's go get all those Jew, Jew things out of the temple over there, out of the, uh, the, the place where we store them all over the treasury. And bring them in there, the gold chalices. And, all, and we're going to start drinking. God don't like you taking his stuff and messing with it. Even if you got it in your treasury, I put it there for a reason. I want you to hold it for me until I get, get it to go back. And they start drinking out of it. And all of a sudden, boom, his hand comes out of the wall. Boy, wouldn't you like to see something like that? And it starts writing, many, many, tickle for, yeah, nobody could read what it says. And, and somebody says, hey, there's a man in the kingdom who can read that. He's a man who, who the wisdom of God is in, and he can do that. And he comes in there, and Daniel does it. He reads it. He says, king, tonight you're going to die. You know what Daniel did? 
He, was, he knew so much about his Bible that, and he was so sold out to the Lord that he wasn't going to change what he knew was true. You know what we need to learn how to do? Young people, y'all need to learn it. You don't have to worry ever worry about doing the right thing. It may not always work out right for you or good for you, but you'll know one thing. God is watching that thing. He's watching it. Daniel did that. Now we get to the next one, chapter 6. This is the one everybody always likes. Daniel, they didn't just throw, God didn't just throw Daniel in Babylon and say, throw him in the lion's den today. No, he brought Daniel up and started training him. By the time Daniel got to where they were going to throw him in the lion's den, you weren't going to mess with his God. You tell me I can't pray, I don't care what laws you make. When it comes between me and my God, we're done. I will do whatever, I think, I think we're in America. I'm an American, I'm all American. I, I, I love it. If they called me back in the Navy tomorrow, I would go. Army, Marines, Air Force, eh, got to think about that. Coasties. But the Navy, I'd definitely go. Why? Because that's what, I'm part of this country. And my job is to protect it if that's what they call me up to. Do I have to agree with it? I don't necessarily have to agree with it. But if it comes between me and my Lord, that thing goes away. It's gone. Because that is not going to ever affect that. My wife, my relationship, I love her to death. I would die for my wife. People say, oh, would you really? Yes, I would. Ask her. She knows I would. But I'll never let her get between me and Jesus Christ. Nor should I get between her and Jesus Christ. Young people, you want a wife? Do you? You want a husband? Do you know God will give you one? He gave me her. I didn't have a clue where she was at on this planet. And I started praying about that thing. Now I'm going to get into that thing in just a second about praying. I started saying, wait a second, I don't know anything. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you desires of your heart. And I had to stop and say, whoa, stop, whoa. The heart's deceitful. If you give me that, you probably heard me say this before. If you give me that, if you give me that, and you give me what I want, it might be wrong. <laughs> hmm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I don't like to lose here. I said, let's rephrase this. I'll take what you want me to have. Whatever that is. I don't care. You know, that down the road with him a ways, he had already got me to a place where I knew that what, as long as he's going through it with me, he'll get me through it. And I would rather go through hell with him than go through life without him. I'm telling you, it's, it's, you have to get that place. That's where Daniel's at right here. Everybody comes up. They make him third into the kingdom. And then everybody comes up and they're mad at him. Guess what? The higher the Lord promotes you in this thing, the more light's going to shine on you and the more people are going to try to take you out. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. But people are going to try, I'll get him out of here. We'll get him out. That's what they're trying to do to Daniel right here is get him out. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. Just by the process of elimination and what they do and they trick the king. And all God is doing, you know, God knew that Daniel, the Lord knew Daniel was going to go in that lion's den. But he had him trained to go in that. I'm going to ask you again, what is your vision today? Everything that ever happened to me, I was trained into by the Lord. Different ways, different, different things going on. Daniel starts getting a bunch of prophecies after this. That the Lord now says, okay, Daniel, I'm going to start really using you. You're beloved. Daniel prays for three weeks. And an angel comes down, Gabriel comes down, talks to him, and Michael's up there holding back the devil and all this other stuff is fighting the prince. And they're fighting back and forth, and he comes down and he gives him the answer to some stuff he's been praying about. 
Do you know God will talk to you? Do you realize that, young people? He will talk to you. He will guide, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not unto thy understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You know what happens to us when we mess up? We don't let him direct our paths. If he directs your path into a lion's den, believe me, he's got a way to get you out of it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gets thrown into the fiery furnace. They said, we will not worship your God. Now, you may throw us in there, and he can save us from that, but he may not. Doesn't really matter. You know what that is? You're learning. You're learning to serve him. Now, I'm going to say all this. It is better to serve him than not to. I would not trade one moment of the last 43 years for anything on the face of this planet. There's no amount of money. You say, oh, Mike, I could probably give you a billion. No, you can keep your billion dollars. You can keep your $10 billion. I haven't got enough time to use it anyways. Don't care. Maybe if I was 20 and you did that, I might think about it. But no, no, no. Right now, after 43 years of this stuff, I watch him do some of the craziest stuff. I like watching crazy things. I like, I've heard people say, uh, uh, the, the world, world, the wrestling, wrestling is about the phoniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen some crazy things, man, but on the ship, they used to sit there and watch them guys all the time, big fat guys wrestle each other. I just don't see how two fat guys wrestling is like, something's, something's wrong with that picture in my mind. So I must be wrong. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go to that side. I'll go to this side over here. Something's wrong with me because I'm sitting there looking at this thing and saying, Two girls go to the bathroom, that's okay. Two guys, and there's a problem with that. <laughs> there's no problem here. Here there is. I, I just, I'm like, well, I got that this part because this is where I'm at, but how can that be okay and this isn't? I don't know, man. Girls need to, I, this is, I ain't going to go there. We're going to stop and get back to this. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Where there's no vision. If you do not have a purpose in your life, you've got to have a purpose. You have to have a purpose. What's your purpose? It took me a long time. You know what my purpose is? Is to serve Jesus Christ. But the end of this thing is heaven. A lot of people don't ever like to look at the end. Uh, I used to run in the Navy, and, and they'd make us run a mile and a half, two miles, whatever. And for sailors, we can run. We can. I know y'all don't believe that, but sailors actually can run. And we can run in time limits, too. And we can pass PTs. Uh, but, but they'd have us running. And I would, I would say, okay, if we run, it's going to be 15 laps around this, this thing that we got to run. And I would count them. One, two, three. And they'd say, shut up, Elliot. I said, no, man, i got to know what, how much more i got to go. I need to know what I'm doing so that I know when the end is near. And I'm 14, 15, yeah, I'm done, I'm done. They'd get all mad. Most people don't want to know what the end is. You know what the end is? It's heaven or hell. One or the other. There is really no, you got God and the devil, and that's what you got. You say, well, that's, this isn't a very encouraging. Sure, it's encouraging. Have you ever got on God's side and just watched him do what he does? I like to win. I'm telling you, if I'm going to choose a side, I'm not going to choose a loser. You know what this world does is it gets us to choose the loser a lot of different ways. These little games, man. How much time do you waste? You know, Daniel probably never wasted any time at all. He prayed three. He puts me on a conviction, man. Three times a day. He'd get on his knees. And he would not just get on his knees. He got his compass out, man. He got his GPS. That's probably what he used his phone for. <laughs> got his phone out. It's probably an apple. I mean, I'm, seriously, I'm sure it wasn't just a, one of these guys. But he got his, his apple out. He looked and said, oh, man, there's Jerusalem is that way. So he got him an apartment somewhere with a window right there. And he got down three times a day and opened it up. And he didn't say, hey, everybody out there, 
I'm getting ready to pray right now. Watch me. You know, people watch you when you do what God says do. You may not think they do, but they're watching everything you do. He got up there three times a day and he, he'd go home. He said, I got to go home. This is the guy who is right next to the king. You know what? You know what? I got a message and I ought to preach it tomorrow. But Joseph is another great example. But he was he was a prince with his dad. And there's a couple things there probably shouldn't have happened. But they got he went from the pit to the prison to the palace. I remember many, many years ago, the Lord told me, he said, Mike, I can get you to the palace in a, in a second, just like I did Joseph. But can you stand there when I get you there? Can you stand for me? You know why I did all that to Joseph? So that Joseph was able to stand there with me. You know what got Joseph through the prison? The Lord. You know what got him through Potiphar? The Lord. You know what got him through his brother throwing in the pit? The Lord. You know what got him next to Pharaoh and he could tell the Pharaoh exactly what he needed to hear? The Lord. You know what Pharaoh did? He said, who in the world is going to be like this guy? I would, I would rather spend a lifetime learning what the Lord wants me to do so one second of my life I could be a blessing to him than to spend my whole life trying to be what I want to be. Because in the end, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. So you know, you got to have a, a desire. What, now, back to Proverbs or Psalms, and I'll be done. It just take me a second right here. Psalm 27, 4, and it's, 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 this is verse there. It says, one thing have I desired. What do you desire? you got to desire something. You need to stop somewhere. What do I desire? Let me ask you a question. Is that thing godly? If it's godly, then keep doing it. If it's not, man, sometimes there's nothing wrong with doing something. There's a, like me going to the Navy. There was nothing wrong with me going to the Navy. I had a preacher, I was, you know, man, I tell you what, it's amazing what you can learn after you grow up. Uh, after I got out of the Navy, all the wickedness I was saying, there's some wicked things going in the Navy. I, can, I don't know about the Army, Air Force, maybe all the saints, I have no idea, but the Navy's pretty wicked. Uh, and somebody would say, I'm going to join the military. I'm like, you're a devil, man, you're a devil worshiper. I've been there, done that, I know how bad that is. You can't go, and somebody said, hey, Elliot. I said, yeah, and it's somebody I respect very much. And he goes, did you get through that? And I said, well, yeah. He said, well, don't you think if God got, I hate it when he does it that way. He goes, if God got you through that, don't you think he could get someone else through that? I'm like, rats, yes. You know, you have to change your whole thought process at that point. Then what you realize is, hey, there's a bunch of young people. I got people in my church right now that's in the military. Loves God. They love God. I have a guy that just came back from Jordan, a young man, and he thanks me for us having a church that he could come into. And the guy was over in Jordan in a place where I thought, I thought you couldn't stand. And guess what I found out? You guys can. You can do that. You can stand with Jesus Christ. One thing have I desired. What did you desire? Like I said, back in 1980, I desired, back when I was 10, 11, 12, I desired to be in the Navy. You know, the Lord, he looked at that, I think, one day and said, I can use that down the road. Go over and join. I said, they ain't going to take me. I go over and they join. I get in. They yell at me because I got in. But it's too late. I'm already in. It's done. And I started, I started going down. Oh, it's funny. This whole thing. I, got, I was going to write a book, not Mike's name. I'm telling you, it was the funniest thing. When I look back at that thing, and he says he's not a respecter of any person, then anyone can have that exact same walk with him. Anyone. The question is, is, here's David. He goes, everybody says, well, how did David get to the place where he took out Goliath? 
because he just wanted to do something for God. I mean, it was just in his blood. You know where David was? He was out in a sheep field taking care of sheep. A boring job. You ever had a boring job? Sometimes a boring job really teaches you what to do. So when you get into a place, you're trained. David was trained, man. He was trained to do that. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. What are you seeking after? I can tell you what David was seeking after. I was seeking my uncle when I went in the Navy. He was a Southern Baptist preacher. I just got saved, so I was a baby. I mean, a baby Christian at best. He goes, what do you want to go in the Navy for, Mike? I said, get a job. Why do you want to get a job? I want to get some education. Why do you want to get education? I want to make more money. And he stopped right there. He didn't go another step because he knew he wasn't going to talk me out of it. And for me, that got me out of my environment, but it was it's something I always wanted, and it was a win in my life. And the Lord was starting to build my confidence up and say, hey, Mike, you can do, you can do this, you can do this. And then he started letting me fix stuff. And then I started fixing a lot of stuff and understanding it. And then he let me see that thing, and then one day he said, okay, now it's time to quit. I'm like, quit? He goes, yeah, you got to quit. I'm like, why, why should I quit? He goes, because I'm going that way, and you want to go that way. But if you want to go that way, you can go that way. You know, sometimes the Lord will let you go the way you want to go. And he may even bless you in it, or allow you to have the same blessing that you had. I had, I had a gut feeling that if I'd have went the way that, that I could have went, that I would have been perfectly fine, and I'd have been successful. He goes, but it won't be the same as it was always up to this point. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. If you're going that way, I'm going that way with you. You're the only thing that's ever got me out of trouble. And every time I get myself in, you've always got me out. And I'm going to hang right with you because you're going to get me out of it when I get into it because I love you and you got mercy, grace, and a long-suffering and all that other stuff. That's what I'm going for. I don't have to know. You know what? I got heaven. I already know where I'm going when I die. Heaven is mine. This thing goes away and I'm free. Do you understand? You're free. If you're in this room tonight and you're saved, you're being held back right now by this thing right here. And the devil can use this thing against you just about any time he wants unless you fight. you got to fight. It's a fight. It's a fight all the way through. Daniel fought all the way through that thing. David says this, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that. I may dwell in the house of the Lord. What do you want? What do you want? Young people, what, what do you really want? You gotta, I think you should go out and get a job. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think you should have some type of a career. I think you should have some type of path where you could take care of yourself. Ladies, what happens if you don't ever find a guy worthy of you? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. There are, some of them are hard to find. Uh, Beth got me. That was, I mean, she was lucky. I think she's lucky. Uh, <laughs> I tell her, I told her all the time, I said, you would be an idiot not to take me. I said, I mean, I would tell you right up you would be. I used to tell her that all the time. She goes, you got to come up here and tell me that. I'm like, I'm in Norfolk, Virginia, and you're going to make me go 12 hours. Don't you see the good deal you're getting? Why do I have to go 12 hours? No, man. You know what a lady wants? She wants to see you say that to her face, that you want her. And number two, you have what it takes to get her. <laughs> you know, I had a house. I was sitting there with a, like a, a knife, man. The Lord told me two years before he gave me her that I was going to get married. And I was sitting there with a knife and a fork and a plate and everything. And I'm sitting there waiting. Like, where's the beef? <laughs> you said it. You said it. Hey, I had my diamond ring. Ask her. I had my diamond ring. And you say God don't show you stuff or do stuff with you. 
When he told me what to do, the next thing I did, I went right to a diamond exchange in Norfolk, Virginia, where you had to walk through door after door after door to get into this place. And they lock one door when you go in, open this door, let you go through that door. You get in here, they lock that door, they open the other door. I get inside, this little old Jew guy looks at me and says, what are you in here for? I said, I, I need a ring. He goes, why do you need a ring? Someone get married. When? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm getting married. He goes, what do you, I want, I said, I want to pick out some diamonds. And, and that guy felt sorry for me. And he said, son, I'm going to show you something that I normally don't show you anything. He took about an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. I don't forget how long. He brought these things out, these black, these, the little things of cloths. I mean, there's little mountains of diamonds on them. And I mean, we're in a place where, I mean, that's just what they do. And he had, he had three of them. And he gave me this lens and he said, now, number one, he said, you never get a uh, 2X or a 1X or a 5X. You get a 10X. He said, you don't, if they give you anything other than a 10X, they're taking you to the bank. I said, okay, yeah, sure, man, no problem. So he gives me one. And, and brethren, I'm telling you something. You ever had somebody some, walk up to you and say that you're doing something wrong? And you get mad? How do you know I'm doing something wrong? You don't know what I'm doing. You, who are you? To, that guy, I sat there and took that little diamond. He, he put it on a set of tweezers. And he said, rest it on your big old fat nose. And he said, put the lens in your eyeball. And move that diamond in and out like this. Fortunately, the lens is in the way so you're not poking yourself with the, lens, the diamond. Because diamond cut your eyeball out, probably, I guess. So I'm doing this, and he's yelling at me the whole time. I'm like, what are you yelling at me for? He says, you're not doing it. Look in the diamond. I said, I'm looking at it. No, he says, you're looking at it, not it. And after a while, when I did it, that guy knew I did it. And he goes, you're doing it. And all of a sudden, the inside of the diamond goes like this. And you can see everything. So these diamonds over here were all messed up. They had black little specks in them and everything else. He says what they'll do is they'll take those diamonds and they'll find the speck in it. And then uh, some, some little young man will come in there and want to buy this diamond ring for the big one for his girlfriend. And he'll get it and she's going to be his wife. And they'll take those diamonds and turn them toward the prong so you can't see it and the light will reflect through it. Still give you stuff over. He said, but that's a cheap diamond. And they'll try to make a lot of money on you. I said, okay. Then he shows me this one. Then he shows me this one. And these are like, I mean, sparkling before you even pick them up. He goes, now, these are the ones you want. I never bought a thing from him. <laughs> I'll leave. I didn't think really anything. I didn't think, how could you possibly teach me that in an hour or two? So we get in my little ship. We go in the Mediterranean. We end up in Haifa, Israel. Now, I still don't know where she's at on this planet. I'm trying to tell you something, guys, that... God will take care of you in ways you cannot even figure out. There's no way. I'm sitting in this diamond exchange in Israel, God's country. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Captain made him mad, made the admiral mad. So he, for a punishment, he puts us over in Israel. I'm really punished, man. You're punishing me all over the place. So I get tours all over the place. I go in here, and I walk in. I pick up. I'm looking at them. Oh, here's a 10X. Pick it up. I pick up my tweezers. I pick up me a diamond. Stick it on my nose. I do this. Put it down. Grab another one. I do this. Put it down. Do another one. And this lady comes up. She says, who told you how to do that? I said, do what? She said, young man, look around this room. So I'm looking in there. You got in this place the same way. And it's all tourists. It's all it is, a bunch of tourists. And uh, she goes, do you see anybody in this room doing that? I'm like, no. She goes, these are not the ones you want. (laughs) <laughs> she goes, come over here. And she takes me over, just like that guy did, and she brings them out. She goes, these are the ones you want. I had my diamonds. I bought them there, and she mailed them back to the States. 
and I had that ring made before I even knew, I think, who she was. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I said, Lord, you said you were going to give me a wife, and I'm ready for her. I got a house, I got a car, I got a van. I got a minivan. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, 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 ready. One day this missionary comes and hands me a picture, and I look at her, and the Holy Ghost said, nope, that's not her. Hand a picture to a friend of mine. It just so happens that she was a friend of her. And when I took him 12 hours to meet her, I met her. And within minutes, we knew that she knew that I was the one for her. She knew that she was not going to get a better deal than me. And she knew that. She knew that. I know that. I'm telling you, I like win, 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 win. And I don't think God was going to put anything in front of me that was not a win. And then he told me, I, I said, she's got problems, I got problems. And he goes, don't you talk about my daughter. Now, brethren, you want to get to the place, young people, you want to get to the place where the Lord tells you what to do. We've had 33 good years. She's not always as sweet as you think. Nor am I. But we've had 33 good years. You know why? Because 33 years ago, I listened to him and did what he told me to do. I sought him. I desired a wife, but when it got right down to it and he got involved in it, I really changed my desire right there to him. I desire you, Lord. What you have is what I want. I don't know what that is. And you are not obligated to tell me what that is. But I know that if you give it to me, no matter what it is, good or bad, you're going to get me through it. I said, so I'm going to take my chances with you. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know what you need to do? You need to get in this book. David did. He goes, one thing I desire to the Lord, and I'm, I'm just about done. That will, I also, uh, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for uh, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Moses wasted 40 years of his life. You know what Moses did? Moses was trained. He's educated. Under the Pharaoh, God worked that thing out right up there to him. Moses comes out and kills a guy one day. Because he said, he said, hey, you're messing with my brother. I want to go down and see my brothers and sisters in Christ. And this guy, this Egyptian is messing with him. I'm going to kill him. Over in Acts, which is a strange thing, in Acts, uh, Acts 7, 25, it says this. Moses, and he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God, by the hand, that his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. When Moses killed that guy, he lost all credibility with him for a while. And he wasted 40 years of his life on the backside of a desert somewhere until he got back to where he was ready. You know what happened when he was ready? He's seen a burning bush on the side of the mountain. And he goes up there and the Lord says, take your shoes off. The ground you're standing on is holy. You know what Moses does? Okay. First of all, you don't normally see a burning bush and it don't get burned up. That's a special bush. Not only that, it just told me what to do. <laughs> he did it. He knew it wasn't the bush talking, that that was God talking. And for 40 years, he knew if he knew that 40 years earlier, he hadn't known it for 40 years. And when that thing came back, he said, I'm done. <laughs> he said, I'm not, I'm not losing this, what I get. Then he starts arguing with him. You want to get down to prayer? Now the next one's prayer. Uh, David goes down to verse 20, he says, Then... 
fled, or, uh, oh, let me get over to prayer. Uh, how, here, O oh Lord, verse 7, I read verse uh, 4, uh, verse 7 says, Hear, O oh Lord, when I cry. David said, you got to pray. You know what's wrong with a lot of us? Brother Pil- uh, Pilkington went over that with us on down there. And then he actually brought up some issues, uh, ways to pray and what you should pray about. Uh, you, should, you should be uh, interced- interceding. You should be confessing. Uh, he goes, you know, we sit down and pray for two minutes and we get done and we have absolutely nothing. We're like, okay, what's next? Uh, have you ever thought maybe try to make that thing last a little while? Uh, you know, I like, to take, I like to take my wife out to dinner. We just don't go and leave. We actually like to sit down and talk to each other. I think the Lord actually likes us to sit down and talk to him. He understands your thoughts from afar, Psalm 139. He already knows everything about you. But he does like to hear you talk to him about your problems. I still like that road to Emmaus. I love that story. I mean, I read that story all the time, and I'm sitting here, these two guys walking down there. He says, don't you understand what's going on? There's like Jesus talking to him. Yeah, tell me what things, what things. Come on, tell me. Tell me what things you're talking about here. I'd like to hear it from your perspective. Young people, you know what you need to do? Number one is get away. Let me ask you a question. What are you seeking? What are you seeking after? Those little, those little bitty games and stuff, they're fun if you got some time, but everything should be done before you ever get to that game. You, my dad didn't have to tell me that I needed to go in the Navy and I needed to learn how to fix stuff. That was just something I wanted to do. I, I, I played around with enough stuff that this is what I want to do. You know what I like about our churches is, and I, I see it here too, young people, young people will, will migrate to the right thing if you put it in front of them. I went out and bought a bunch of instruments. I had a guy tell me one time, I picked up a guitar, he said, let me hear you play. I said, I can play. So let me hear you play. So he goes, yep, you're right. You can't play. He could play. He could play. He was right. He says, <laughs> he says you're a novice at best. Yet we got instruments all over the church that anybody can come in and pick up and play. Horns, French horns, tubas, baritones, violins, violas, basses, cellos, pianos, organs. You know what you said? You know what I realized? Is that young people have a brain there and they can figure this stuff out. And I love, I love the music at our church. I just love, I sit, I sit back in the back of the church back here and just cry sometimes listening to it. Because I remember a day on a ship in the middle of the ocean where I had nothing. And God said, eh, just one day, Mike, just do the right thing. One day. Year after year go by, year after year go by, I had nothing. And then all of a sudden I meet a wife and we still have nothing. And then uh, years down the road and the church starts. Like he, uh, Brother Reagan said, we started in 19, or in, in, uh, when I was 49 years old. I'm, t- I'm telling the Lord the whole time, you got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy. I'm still thinking you got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy. Don't you, do you not know you got the wrong guy? And the Lord says, shut up, man. And, and then you ask him for stuff, and he gives you what you ask him for. Now see, there's the next thing. When you're sitting there, and, and he, you're right where you're supposed to be, he's going to make sure you have, you guys aren't here by accident tonight. You came for some reason. The Lord put it in your heart to come. There's a group, there's a camaraderie here. You know what I like about all you young people? Now, I, I love the old people too. Don't get, my church is full of old people. Well, I say my church, our church. We got old people, I love them to death. They love me, I love them. They support the work. You know what I realize? A lot of young people can't yet. So you don't ask them to, but boy, they, they get up there and they, they're the life. They're, they're, they add life into it. I like being around them, man. I like being around you guys because I watch you guys do stuff. 
And it's like, it's all these little minds just ready to do. And I'm like, Lord, we got to invest in them and invest in them and invest in them. The Navy did that for me. They trained me. They spent lots of money to train me to fix stuff. Two and a half years of nothing but mathematics and electronics. 15 hours a day. That's what they trained me for. You know what they expected me to do when I got out of there? Fix stuff. And if you don't, they yell at you. But I can't yell at these guys. I don't even have to. I'm sitting back here. I can't play nothing. I'm sitting there the next time. What else can I get that they can play, man? Man, I got to get. I want to do pipe organs, man. <laughs> I don't know what to get next, man. I mean, I, I sit there and watch, and people come in, and they just pick the stuff up. And then the other little kids, younger people, they say, hey, I can do that, too. And, hey, I can do that, too. You know what, what's wrong with us? Now, I'll get us old people. You know what's wrong with us? Is we care more about us than we do them. What are you going to leave behind you, us old people? What are we going to leave behind us when we're gone? The Lord left 12 disciples. Then he stopped on the road and knocked old Paul down, got him in there too, him and Barnabas. And, and Paul said, what do, you, what do you want me to do? He said, I, well, I want you to write 14 New Testament books. That's what I want you to do. Because Mike needs to read them out there later on down the road. He's never going to write anything like that. But you can write it, and 2,000 years later he can read it, and he can do something for me out there, but I need you to do that and he left, and then he leaves them. You ever read that in Acts? Up he goes. They're all sitting there looking, and the two angels are sitting there saying, what are y'all looking at, man? He says, you're wasting time. Go do something for Jesus. And they go back and start figuring the thing out. You know what you got to do? You got to figure it out. What are you seeking? What are you seeking tonight? You need to seek something. You know what the devil wants to do? I'm going to tell you that. I'll mention something about that tomorrow. He wants you to get so wrapped up in this stuff in this world. Guys, he wants to change you from being men to being, I don't know what he wants to change us to. It's, it's something just kind of a lukewarm thing in the middle there somewhere that you're really not the man you're supposed to be. Men, you're supposed to take care of your families. That is the end. He said a husband is to leave his, his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and a wife's supposed to do the same thing. It, you, you create a family, but you need to be in a place where you can do it. And you can still do it. But you've got to have a desire in your heart to do it. Where there is no vision. If you have no desire to do that, and you're just going moment by moment by moment by moment, you're wasting your time. Don't waste your time. Do something for God. David goes on here. He starts getting prayed. Oh, Lord, when I cry. He cries. Man, he cries right out to the Lord. He takes it to the Lord. He never quits. David is always in front of the Lord talking. Verse 9, he's seeking again. When thou saidest, seek my face, you know what he did? He sought him. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's what Paul did over there. Lord, what would you have me to do? Boy, I tell you what, whenever you get the Lord talking to you, that's like on that night on the ship when I sat there. But I could take you to the rack where I asked him for a wife, and he told me what he's going to give me. I knew when I had his ear, I'm going to, whoa, I'm going to back this thing up. And I'm going to rephrase this thing to be what he said it should be. I want this thing to be, if I, if I got access, he says over in Hebrews, come boldly under the throne of grace. If I can do that, which I think I can, and, and I see that door open up, it's not always open up. But when I see that thing open, and he says, let's talk. You know what you ought to do at that point? You ought to talk. You ought to know what you want to talk about. I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about. I knew exactly what he was going to say. Uh, I, 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 knew, I knew when I did what I shouldn't have done, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew that. I knew that I was compromising when I did that. How, how did you know that? Because he told me. <laughs> he says, you're an idiot, man. He fought me all the way over there. 
And I did exactly what I shouldn't have done. And I, I passed. You said, what did you do? I passed the chief's test. You said, what's wrong with that? He told me not to. My chief told me to. He told me not to. My chief told me to. I didn't want to make my chief mad because I liked my chief. I wasn't where Daniel was at yet. I couldn't walk before the king and say, no. King, this is what's going to happen to you. You know what the Lord taught me? A very valuable lesson right there. That you got to get to the place where you know what I've told you to do and you do it. Without question. That's, that's, that's called authority. He's my, he's my God. He's my Lord. He's my friend. And he goes, Mike, I know more than you. I know the end from the beginning. He said, I can tell you everything's going to happen if you'll listen. You know what David got? He got that. David didn't get to build the temple. I got four or five others. I'll quit right now. David didn't get to build the temple. The Lord said, you ain't going to build it. I'll quit. That's not Saul. David was definitely not Saul. Okay. All right. If I can't build it, I'll get them to do it. And you know what he did? He got all the stuff together so his son could build the temple. You know what we get the privilege, older people, you know what we, get? we get to get everything together so these young people, the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life is when a church loses all its young people. And I don't understand that. If, if, I, if we lose them because we're not doing something, then we need to change what we're doing because it's just as much their church as it is mine. And I, I don't think I should lose my kids. And I, all five of mine, thank God, today, and I don't understand why they're there. If I was there, if, if I was one of them and I was their dad and, and I was my dad or whatever else, I don't know if I'd want to hang around me too much, but they're all there and they, they, have, they love it. And they're having kids and I'm like, Lord, I remember a day when I was all by myself and had nothing and now I'm sitting here watching this stuff and they're growing up and now I got grandkids growing up. And I'm sitting there going, this is weird. He goes, it gets weirder. He goes, you just wait a while, man. And then I realized, I said, you know, I know you're not done with me yet. I said, all this stuff that you've done for me up to this point, just like you, all you out there, whatever he's done for you up to this point, it's in training for the next thing. There's something coming that's better than this. You don't know what it is yet, and he's not going to tell you because I'll mess it up. If he told me I'd mess it up, I already know I would. So he's not going to tell me. But it's, it's got to be something better because it's always been like a growth process to get me to where I'm at. There must be something better here that gives me something to look for. But at the end of this thing, I know it's heaven. And I get to go to heaven one day. And I get to walk in down that street that he walked in. They sang that song. We sang that song about wherever he goes, I see his footprints. I'm going to see the footprints of him all the way down to the throne. And I get to go, man, I get to go, there it is. That's his footprints right there. See, I heard it again there. Are you trying to tell me I need to quit? <laughs> is Jerry over there somewhere? <laughs> and I get to follow his footsteps. I get to go in there. And I get to see Michael and Gabriel and Paul and Peter and James and John and Mary and Martha. And, and the little lady who threw the two mites in. And, and everybody down through here. Jonah sitting over there. Man, I should have went to Nineveh first. <laughs> but I didn't. But boy, aren't you? I get to see Job. I get to see his kids. I get to see everything up there that is sitting there. And I'm sitting here, Abraham and Isaac, and I'm like, yeah, Isaac, how did, how did you really feel when your dad was about ready to puncture you with that knife? I mean, really, really how did you feel? You, you ever think about, those people are alive. They're not dead. He said he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. Brethren, we're just, we're waiting to get there. But on this side, 
He wants to work with us and get us where we need to be. Young people, why do you think Joe spends... You know why Joe... I, I met Joe 12 years ago, Brother Joe. We was, we was doing camp together. We found, I met him through somebody else and somebody else, and we were going to camp. What I noticed about him is he loved young people, and he wanted to work with them. And I seen, I seen an opportunity to get involved in something he was doing that was going to pay dividends in eternity. And I believe it has, and it will. Not that I need treasures. Really, my treasure is Jesus. I don't know what yours is. I know what mine is. You can have all my treasures. I know you can't. I already got that one. What he's done up there, he's done for me. And, and if I get up there and I don't have nothing, that's what I deserve. If I get up there and I get a little chunk of gold, then I got, that's what I deserve. Whatever he's got for me, if I got any crowns, I'll have those. I know that. But that's not what I want. What I want is just him. But I can have him on this side. But it's kind of selfish if I just want him for me. You know what our job is? It's like the Lord says. He came to seek and save that which was lost. But once he gets to saved, what are we here for? You're not here just to waste time on a video game or watching TV. And I watch TV too. I watch, I watch shows sometimes just to fall asleep. But, but you shouldn't lose everything else you're doing. I'll read that verse one time and I'll be done. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What's your vision tonight? And the rest of it says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Is your vision something like David had? Where you're looking for what God wants for you. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight.